Father, thank you. The wind symphony, the music of heaven. We've been singing our hearts out with them and our, our, our praise singers. Thank you for Josh. Thank you for Tassi. The, the way they arrange the music to bring all of us together. Our hearts are lifted up. We're still in your presence. If you have a word for us, this would be the time we need to hear it. Let the word be clear. We humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you were grocery shopping in the time of Jesus, this is, this is how you'd have to do it. There were no Apple Valley markets back then, no Harding, no uh, Albertson. You'd have to find a grocery store. You have your favorite grocer, I'm sure. I, I have my favorite grocer. So in the time of Jesus, You, you, you would have to, of course, wear this because this, everybody wears this outer garment. And you are ready to go. Let's do some shopping together. But first, we have, you can't go shopping without your favorite grocer around. I just am so blessed today that my favorite grocer is here, and so I want to invite him to come up. Oh, it's you, pa Chaplain Jose. Look at you. So... I have heard about this grain. They say this is good grain. Is this, uh, what, what quality is this? This is Andrews University quality. Very good. <laughs> Top of the line. Very nice. Now listen, I need to buy some grain. My wife is waiting at home to uh, knead up some, some flour to get these uh, flatbreads ready. What's this going to cost me? I needed this. I could just take this. Give me a good price. I shop often with you. Fifty shekels. Fifty shekels? You... When we were practicing, it was supposed to be five, not fifty. That's way too high. <laughs> five. I'll give you one. Look at it, look at it. I'll give you one shekel for this. No speak English. What do you mean no speak English? <laughs> Always at a convenient time, no speak English. One shekel. Okay, five. Five. Now we're where we need to start. Okay, five. I'll take it for two and a half shekels. This is Andrews University quality. Top of the line. Good. Three shekels. I'd buy it. Okay. Now, when you're buying, you have, after you've haggled for the price, now you're ready to procure the product and take it home. So they don't say in the grocery stores back in Jesus' time, do you want plastic or paper? You reach down to your robe. You reach down and you take your robe, you pull it up, and you make your own grocery shopping bag, just like this. All right, so then listen, listen, Mr. Grocer, let me make sure I get this right. All right, okay, lay it on now. Careful, let's go slow. Ah, good. Oh, 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 very nice, very nice. Wait, wait, let me, let, me, let me just shake this around. Oh, that's good. Let me get that there. Okay, now a little more. And you put, you put faster than that. Come on, be here all day. All right, that's good. Lovely, lovely. Now, whoa, 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 hold it right there. Once upon a time in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus described, and only in the Gospel of Luke, by the way, Jesus described this very moment of grocery shopping and grain. So I'm going to put the, the uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 38 on the screen. This screen, please. 
And uh, I need you to just crank those eyes up because let's read this out loud together, all right? This is the heart of Luke's Sermon on the Mount. Give and it will be given to you a good measure. Press down. Whoa, whoa, hold there. So what Jesus is saying, look, the good measure is, is your robe. The bigger the pocket you make, by the way, the more the grain you can get. So the bigger the pocket, the more the grain. But what does he say? A good measure. What's, what's that next phrase? Press down. Oh, come on. You got to get this down, man. I, I, I got to get more room here. Okay. What's the next phrase? Shake and, whoa, 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 stop, stop. So shaken together, ooh, don't want it to come out in the back. Shake, <laughs> shaken together, ooh. Okay, that, that opens up some more room. Shaken together, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. What's the next one? <laughs> Running over, let's not do that one. Running over, keep going. Come on, Mr. Grocer. I paid, what is it, two and a half? Three. Three, three shekels. Three. Oh, I'm about to lose this. Three shekels. Just a little more. Four. Now read that last line with me. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. However big the pocket you have that you bring to this moment, the bigger the pocket, the more you get, right? Just a little more. <laughs> Just a little more. Unbelievable. How many times have I read that verse and just read it through? Oh, well, giving will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together. Oh, that's great, great thought. No, that's Jesus is describing grocery shopping. In fact, while that, that uh, thank you, Mr. Grocer, very much. Bless you. Now, I need to, I need to get rid of this. <laughs> while, while that thought is on your brain, in other words, what, what's that? Let's read the opening line again. Give and it will be given to you. In other words, the more you give, the more you get, right? The more you give. The bigger the measure, the more you get. Grab your study guide. Grab your worship study guide right now. And uh, let, me, let me put that on the screen for you, the, uh, the website for those of you that are watching. Ushers, let's make sure that everybody gets the secret of the seed number three. This is the third secret. This is a dynamite secret. Make sure, if you didn't get a study guide, Hold your hand up. We'll get that study guide to you up in the balcony as well. Those of you watching on TV, you see, the, you see it on your screen now, www.pmchurch.tv. You're looking for part three. This is a little four-parter. We wrap it up at the end of the semester next Sabbath. Secret number four. Don't miss that one. But this one's number three. When you come to number three, it says study guide, and you'll get the same study guide that, that we have right here. If you didn't get one in-house in here, just hold your hand up. Here come our friendly ushers now. Thank you, Mr. Grocer. And by the way, thank you, Bud and Lana Chapman, who provided the grain and this, this authentic garb. Bless you, Lana. She's one of our great Sabbath school leaders. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Chapman Jose. All right. So you have your study guide in front of you. Bless you. Thank you. I'll just hang it right here. I wonder what they made these things for. Let's, let's fill in the study guide right now. Give, and it will be given to you. This is a warm-up here, and you, you, you'll get it in a moment. If you don't mind just looking across. Give, and it will be given to you. That's Jesus' punchline. But he's not leaving it there. So let, let's just keep, keep your pen moving for a moment. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You bring a big pocket to this moment, you get a big pocket back. The measure you use, it will be measured to you. What's the point? Jot it down, will you please? The more you give... The more 
you will get, the more you will receive. Come on, Jesus, are you kidding us? What kind of thinking is this? This is so counterintuitive. Hold on. He didn't invent this line. Oh, he did, but he actually embedded it way back in the Old Testament. Wise King Solomon, let's put it on the screen here and fill it in. This is Proverbs 11:24. What's Solomon's point here? One person gives freely. I'm just giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. I should be running out. One person gives freely and yet gains even more. But the other person withholds. No, no, I can't give my stuff away. If I give it away, I'll turn out, I'll, I'll, I won't have any. Ah, but another withholds unduly, but still comes to poverty. In God's economy, it's, it's, it's massively counterintuitive. If you want to gain, you've got to give. In God's economy, the more you give, the more you get. Most of us are living under the, uh, under the philosophy, you've got to hang on to what you have if you win in the end. No, 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 no. In fact, Jesus is actually saying, let's put it in the negative here, hoard and it will be taken from you. Give and it will be given to you. Hoard and it will be taken from you. Counterintuitive to the max. Do you know what the, this Latin phrase means, quid pro quo? You know what that Latin phrase means? This for that. Quid pro, quid pro quo. If you do this, then I'll do that. I mean, we do it all the time. If you, if you give me a ride to town, if you give me a ride to town, I promise I'll buy you lunch. Quid pro quo. If you testify against the defendant, we will reduce your sentence. Quid pro quo. If you turn in one extra book report, I will raise your grade. Quid pro quo. We live it all the time on this planet. Guess what? God uses quid pro quo as well. Sparingly. Not a whole lot of times. But if I can give you a piece of pastoral advice, it would be this. Whenever God makes a quid pro quo offer to you, here's my advice. Take it just like that. Whenever God makes a quid pro quo offer to you, take it. Take it to the bank. Why? Because it's, it's backed by the God of the universe. If he ever comes to you and he says, girl, he says, boy, if you do this, then I'll do that. On the spot, say, you got it. You got a deal. Ten Commandments, for example. 90% of the Ten Commandments, no prid quo, pro at all. 90%? You, you should, you should, you should, you should, you should. Only, remember, only one of the Ten Commandments is a quid pro quo. Do you know which one it is? Which one is this one? Honor, you're very good. We got a Bible bowl coming this afternoon. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God gives you. It's quid pro quo. If you will take care of your parents, then I will take care of you. Do you have living parents right now? If you have living parents, God's deal for you, quid pro quo, take him, take it up. If you'll take care of them, I will take care of you. That's a pretty good deal. God works by quid pro quo, not a lot, rather sparingly. That's why my point is, look, if God ever comes to you and he says, hey, girl, quid pro quo, if you do this, I'll do this, take him. Sir, take him up on the offer. 
I mean, you have the great quid pro quo, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and pray. Remember that one? Then I will hear from heaven. Then I will forgive their sin. Then I will heal the land. Quid pro quo. Isaiah 58. Well, that, that whole chapter is packed with quid pro quo. If you feed the hungry, if you clothe the naked, if you give shelter to the poor, then I will hear your prayers, then your light will arise, then your bones or your health will be strong. Quid pro quo. Whenever God comes to you and makes a quid pro quo offer, my advice, take it on the spot. You can bank it. You can take it to the bank. Like exactly what Jesus just did. This was quid pro quo. If you give, then it will be given to you. That's the New Testament version. So that, 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 would, that would be Jesus. But when he was the pre-incarnate Christ, he gave an almost identical offer in the Old Testament. And this is the one I want to look at with you. Open your Bible to the last book of the Old Testament. This is a dynamite, quid pro quo, dynamite. The little book of Malachi, last book of the Old Testament. You didn't bring a Bible. Grab the Pew Bible in front of you. It's page 645 in the Pew Bible. That would be the New King James Version. This is the NIV, the 2011 NIV that I'll be reading from. Malachi chapter 3. Take a look at this. Unbelievable quid pro quo offer from the God of the universe. Malachi chapter 3. Let's begin in verse 8. Malachi 3 verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you robbed me. But you ask, come on, God, how are we robbing you? God replies, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Now here it comes, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. I love this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Verse 11, I'll prevent the pest from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Finally, verse 12, then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You say, Dwight, come on. <clears throat> I don't say any quid pro quo there. Are you serious? It's there. What's he saying? If you will give to me your tithes and offerings, if you give to me, Give, and it will be given. If you will give to me, then I will open the floodgates of heaven, pour you out such a blessing you won't have room enough to receive it. That's my quid pro quo. Take it. Would be my counsel. And that's what God's friends have done from the beginning of time. God's, God's friend, Father Abraham, only he wasn't a father Abraham when this story happened. He's Uncle Abraham. He only has, he has no sons. He has one nephew named Lot. Guerrilla warfare. The enemy comes in in the night snatches Lot and his family and all their possessions, hurries them hostages away. Uncle Abraham marshals up a small army of his servants. Daring nighttime raid. Captures Lot back, gets the plunder, and as Uncle Abraham basking in the, the, the victory of this moment, as he comes back, he's met by a priest of the Most High God. And the name of the priest is Melchizedek. And he, Melchizedek, comes out and blesses Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, Creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham, so grateful for God's mighty victory, Abraham gave him a tenth 
of everything. Would you jot that down, please? Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. In, 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 the, uh, in the Hebrew, same word, tithe, tenth, it's all the same word. Abraham gave him a tenth of, every, of, of everything. That's Father Abraham. Grandson Jacob comes along. This, we're, we're talking about the conniving, cheating, stealing, lying Jacob. You remember the story how he snatches Esau's last birthright blessing, tricks his blind father, steals the birthright that belongs to the eldest son. Esau says, I'm going to kill you. Jacob's on the lamb. First night out, cold air, he falls down panting and falls to sleep. And here's what's so amazing. We're talking about a conniving cheater, the thief. God comes to him. You know what's so good news about this? When I mess up and when you mess up, the God of the universe doesn't take our moral meltdown and say, ah, 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 because of that, I cannot bless you now. God comes to the cheater who's sound asleep and in his dream, look at this, Genesis chapter uh, 28, verse 15, God says in the dream, yo, Jacob, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. Cheater, I'll bring you back. Liar, I'll bring you back, thief. I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. And when Jacob awakens, so outrageous this divine grace that he makes a vow. Look at this. He makes a vow. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, if God will watch over me on this journey that I'm taking, will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, then of all that you give me, I will give you what? I'll give you a tenth. Would you jot that down, please? Of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Because of your mercy, I will tithe my gain for the rest of my life. Abraham, friend of God, Jacob, Turns out to be a friend of God. The, the, the ancients, they were all agrarians. So when they tithed, they would tithe in seed and grain or, or herds and flocks. In fact, God sent word through Moses to the children of Israel. Here's what you tithe. This is what uh, Leviticus 27, verse 30. A tithe of everything from the land where the grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is, and what's the next word? It is holy to the Lord. Here's how, you know, what does it mean? I mean, something that is holy to the Lord. The best way to remember holy is to misspell the word. In fact, would you fill it in in your study guide? The tithe, or the one-tenth, is holy to the Lord, meaning the tithe is holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y. The tithe is holy His. He says it belongs, God says, look, this, is, this belongs to me. If you keep it for yourself and spend it, like Malachi's neighbors were doing, then you're robbing me. Bring the tithe, the one-tenth of your income, it belongs, it belongs to me. Oh, time, time, oh, whoa, 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 Dwight, time out, time out, time out. Come on, let's, let's, let's just kind of think this thing through. Let's not get all agitated here. I want to ask you questions. Okay, you ask the question, I'll give the answer. Question, your question. Does one-tenth of what I earn belong to God? Answer, nope, does not. Ten-tenths of what you and I earn belong to God. Isn't that right? I mean, please. Question, can you prove it? Answer, yes. Your heart. You doing anything to keep your heart beating right now? Are you breathing right now? Doing anything to uh, keep that system going? Of course not. The ability to earn, the ability to learn to earn here at the university, to learn to earn, all of that 
your smarts, your brain, everything is a gift entrusted to you. Yeah. In fact, who do you suppose? Who do you suppose owns all the money on earth? Ben Bernanke or God? Who would you say? Of course. That God says, he, uh, Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. How much of the earth? Uh, the, uh, Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. What's that old spiritual? How'd that old spiritual go? He's got the whole world. Where? He's got it in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Okay, Dwight, question. So, if he's got the whole world in his hands, why does he need my dollar bills? Answer, he doesn't. Well, then why does he ask for one-tenth of them? Answer, because God wants to see if we really trust him. Not by saying we trust him, but by showing we trust him. So God comes along and he says, hey, you, do you trust me to be your CEO, chief executive officer? Do you trust me to be your CFO, chief financial officer? You know what, these tragedies we just went through this week, I mean, can you believe it? Boston, West, Texas. It was imperative for President Obama on Monday night to go on national television. You know why? Because whenever there's a crisis, people want to know, is the leader, is the leader still in charge? Can he handle this? Is he up to a crisis this big? It was imperative for the president to speak a word of, of, of assurance to a nation that desperately needed to know. God says, listen, I'll be, I'll be the CEO. Let me be the leader in your life. Let me step into your life. Any crisis, I'll manage the crisis for you. God says, hey, I don't need your nickels and dimes. I don't even need your dollar bills. What I want to give you is a chance to show me that you trust me. If you trust me, hands down, I'm your CEO, I'm your CFO, I'm your leader to the end. Here's how you can show that you trust me. Give me one-tenth. It's mine. Could I ask for the ten-tenths? But of course. Give me one-tenth. You give me one-tenth, and that is a sign to me, and I know she, he has signed on the dotted line, I am the C, I am his leader. Give me one-tenth. By the way, this is what's so incredible about God. He not only asks for a tenth, but would you jot this down? He says, give me the one-tenth, and you know what I'm going to do? I will take the nine-tenths you have left, and I will turn them into more than the ten-tenths you began with. Give me one-tenth, and I will turn the nine-tenths into more than the ten-tenths. Nail-scarred hand reaches out and says, would you give me one of those ten pennies? Give me one of those ten. Let me have that one. If you put it in my hand, I'll manage your life. I'll balance your books for the rest of your life. And the nine-tenths you have left will be worth more than the ten-tenths you started with. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Look at, look, at, look at verse 10 again. Verse 10. God speaking here, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. This is absolutely incredible. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough in your life. There will not be room enough for you to receive it. 
unbelievable quid pro quo. Give me that little penny and I'll open up the, the floodgates of heaven. Just give me, give me that one out of 10 pennies. You know, it bothers some people. This is true. It bothers some people to suggest that if you tithe your income, God is going to have a special blessing for you and take real good care of you. I want to tell you something. It doesn't bother me at all. I think it's a wonderful idea. And you know what? I've been tithing from the get-go in my life. If we, if, 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 if we take all afternoon, I could tell story after story after story. I want to tell you something. The reason I'm here at all right now is because of that quid pro quo. I would not be here today. Hands down, I would not be here today were it not for the quid pro quo offer. Give me that penny, Dwight, and I'll take your nine-tenths, and I'll take care of you. True story. We were, we were living in Salem, Oregon. And one month, we came, and, and you've had months like this. You come to the end of the month, and you have more month than money at the end. And I'm looking at our checkbook, and I'm saying, we are going to go underwater. Except, except, there's one check still outstanding. You know about balancing checkbooks? Do, 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 do we do that anymore? You know, balancing the checkbook. So there's one check. It's still out. They, they have not turned the check in. And that's the check that's keeping us afloat. And it's to a dry cleaners, not far from where we live. So finally, one day I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to ask them before the month is over. I'm going to ask them, listen, what's up with this? So I asked. I said, hey, you have not cast a check that I, I wrote to you. And they said, what's the date on it? I gave them the date. They said, oh, yeah. That, that, that's when our, our dry cleaners got robbed. I said, oh. They, they took every, the checks, the cash, everything. I said, listen, let me, let me write you a check right now. No, you don't have to because our insurance covered it all. You go, God. I don't know if you robbed that dry cleaner for me, but you go. It feels kind of weird to thank God for robbing a dry cleaner, but you know what I mean. I mean, I got people that will come to me and say, oh, do I, you just have to be real mature and be able to do this whether he blesses you or not. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If he hadn't meant to bless me, he shouldn't have made the promise. And I'm going to hold him to it. That's what he did with the children of Israel. You, you read the book of Deuteronomy, and it says there, 40 years in the wilderness, their shoes never wore out, their clothing never got dry cleaned. Same stuff for 40 years. How do you make the tires on my car go so long, God? Don't worry about it, Dwight. I'm the CEO. There's stuff CEOs know that you peons do not know. I just do what I promise to do. Quid pro quo. You give me tithes and offerings. You give me tithes and offerings, and I'll take care of you, boy, till the last breath you breathe. Trust me. I am the CEO of this universe. Guys, it doesn't get any better than this. He says, just bring me, just bring me your little grain. Just a fistful. That's all I need. I'll take the, ten the nine tenths you have left and I'll make it like more than the ten tenths you started with. 
bring all the tithe into the storehouse. When the agrarians heard it, it sounded like bring all the seed into my silo because that's what he's saying. He wouldn't say seed today. He'd say the currency that you and I operate in. Wow, what a God. I got to read this one more time. This is verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Just test me. Just try this. Just try it. Give me that one penny. Give me one penny. You want to throw another penny in for tithes and offerings? That's, that's your choice. Give me. Give me the chance to prove myself to you. Because he did say something about tithes and offerings, didn't he? It's tithes and offerings. You know what's going on here? Jot this down. Here's what's going on. God is dealing in these tithes and offerings with, with a critical divine antidote to our human condition known as, would you write the word in? This is our condition. It's selfishness. We are by nature. I will rephrase that. I am by nature a selfish person. Trust me. Just ask Karen. I am selfish. I criticize you even though I do the same thing. I criticize you. I always find an excuse for why I can't give, though I expect you to. I'm always too busy to volunteer and serve in this church or on this campus. No, but I expect everybody else to. Yeah, absolutely. I spend the extra money I get on the latest electronic gadgets for me, and I hardly give a penny or a quarter or a dollar for offerings. I am selfish by nature. And guess, guess what? I got it fair and square. I got it from Satan himself. He is the ultimate selfish one. And he's got his fingerprints all over me. So God comes along and says, let's break that. Let's break that selfishness. Come on, he doesn't need our... Ladies and gentlemen, do you think he needs our puny dollars? He needs them not. God comes along and he says, hey, what I want for you is for you to become like me. In fact, would you put that on the screen, please? This is what I want. I, 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 what, what, what I need is I long for the character in me to be, and, and that's talking about me. What God does need, what God does long for, is the character in me to become the likeness of him. I mean, that's the that's business of redemption. <laughs> what is redemption? To become like God. Isn't that what redemption is? To become like God. Isn't that it? Come on. And what is God like? God, jot this down, God is a giver by nature. He's just a giver. He's the most unselfish being in this universe. God is a giver by nature. For God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. He just is a giver by nature. Ed Gunger, in his book, Religiously Transmitted Diseases. I love the title of that, by the way, Religiously Transmitted Diseases. Ed Gunger, in that book, puts this... Uh, makes this description, and I'll put the words on the screen. You've got it in your study guide. You need to fill it in. The opening word, giving. Giving. Jot that down. Giving touches a nerve in us that nothing else does. We look a lot like God when we do it. When you give, you defy the fear that you won't have enough. You insult greed, the impulse to acquire or possess more than one needs or deserves. If you really believe that God owns it all and that he is your source and provider, giving will be a simple matter. 
The arena of giving is the only place where exactly what's going on in your heart is revealed. There's only one way for the universe to look down here and say, hey, shall we bring these guys into our back, back 40? Shall we bring them into our neighborhood? The only way they'll know, not by what we say with our lips, but what we show with our lives, and we do it by giving. The only way anybody can know if you're unselfish is if you give. You know that's true. Sure. The arena of giving is the only place where exactly what's going on in my heart is revealed. According to Jesus, giving keeps my heart in motion toward God and away from material things. My heart will follow the direction of my giving. Where your treasure is, there will your what? There will your heart be. That's what it is. Giving shows the direction of my heart. Calvary is the truth about a God who is by nature a giver, the most unselfish being in the universe. Ellen White, a few years before Ed Gunger wrote these very insightful words, Ellen White beat him to the punch. She put it this way, put it on the screen for you, and you have to fill this, the, the punchline is what you fill in. Everything that God could do was done to save a perishing world. Mm -hmm. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has made it impossible for it to be said that he could have, he could have done more than he has done for the fallen race. Oh, I love this. When he gave his son, he gave himself in one great gift. He poured out the whole treasure of heaven. Now, jot this down. He has revealed a love that defies all computation. You cannot calculate. You can't compute the love that is self-emptied, the treasury of heaven, a love that should fill our hearts, our lives with gratitude, end quote. Did you catch that? He has revealed a love that defies all computation, that fills our hearts and lives with, get, with gratitude. Hey, listen, guys, he didn't give us 10%. You can say, well, if I got a special for you today, I'll give you 20%. Are you kidding? God gave 100% of who he is and what he owns to save the likes of you and me. At Calvary, that love without computation, God revealed it. Okay, one last time. Let's put the two verses side by side. Jesus' words in the Old Testament, pre-incarnate Christ, and then his words in the New Testament. Let's read that Malachi 3.10. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Luke 6. Sermon on the Mount, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your life. It is the third secret. Return what you have received, and you will receive what you have returned plus more. That's it. Secret number three. Return what you have received, and you will receive what you have returned plus more. Plus more. So he says, try me. And ladies and gentlemen, it is possible that some of you have yet to try him, yet to test him. So here's the deal. I want to invite you today. I want to invite you today to take, and really it's, it's, it's a puny 10% what you and I have, take that puny 10% and give it to the God who has poured out his 100%. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing, you won't have room enough to receive it. I end with the words of Oswald Chambers in that classic of his, My Utmost for His Highest. Our salvation is from hell and perdition. And then we talk about making sacrifices. Would you take your Connect card for a moment as we put a wrap on our worship service?
Guests, we're delighted to have you with us today as well. This little connect card you can put on the front. We who worship here regularly fill this out as well. Just enough of the demographic information that you're comfortable with. Your name, you want to put an email address if you request some, some material. We'll get it to you in 48 hours. But the, turn the card around. We call this the next step side of the card. And I want to share with your heart three next steps. First little box, with a grateful heart, I dedicate my all to Jesus who has given his all to me. I think we could, surely all of us put a, put a check mark there. You bet. Come on, Jesus. You can have it all. You're not going to ask for it all, but you can, you, you can have it all. I dedicate with a grateful heart my all to Jesus who has given his all to me. Here, here's box number two. Out of my all, I choose to return 10% of my income, which is his tithe, in gratitude for the 100% of his sacrifice, which is my salvation. He's saying, Dwight, you know, I've never really gotten into this. I'm just not sure about it. I mean, I've heard about it, but it just seems to me like it's just a bunch of wealthy churches trying to get more money. You know what? That's, that is not what it's about at all. You get, if you return a tithe, not a penny stays here. Not a single penny. So it's not about making this church wealthy. For a mite. What tithe is about is an antidote for my selfishness. Come on, Dwight. Selfish heart that you are. Let me have that 10. Let me have that 10%. Give it to me. Put it in my nail-scarred hand. I'll take that 10%. You watch what I do with this. You watch. So if you, look at if you haven't, if you haven't tried it yet, God says, test me. So just do it as a test. Say, okay, God, I'm not promising my whole life doing this. I'll just test you. It's fine. He said, test me. He says, just test me. Let me be a CEO for just a little bit. Test me and see. If I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing, you won't have room to receive it. Just test me. And then box number three, out of my all. Yeah. Out of my all, I, was, I also want to give to the needs of the church and the world as God blesses me. Those are called offerings. Yeah, if God blesses me, I, I, want, to, I want to share some of that with the, with the church, with the world. Out of, my, out of the all that he's entrusted in me. You say, yeah, but Dwight, how, I mean, how do, how, do, how do I give tithe? You don't just put it in an offering plate, do you? Well, you can do it this way. Let me put a website on the, on the, on the screen for you. It's our church website. It's not the TV website. It's www.pmchurch.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little phrase called Adventist Giving. If you click on the Adventist Giving, it'll take you to another page. You'll see a video. Click onto the video. It'll just talk to you for a moment, that video. By the way, this is for the whole continent. All of North America uh, goes to this website. But when you look at the video, see if you recognize where some of those pictures were taken. So just take a look. Click onto the video. If you wish to take God up on this offer of partnership, click on Adventist Giving. It'll open up a page. And under tithe, you put what you wish to test God over. <laughs> you know the temper said, I know. You give to him that one-tenth and see if he will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing. You say, Dwight, maybe some offerings? Well, you can do that. You can, just like you do online banking, online Amazon.com buy, you can do it all here at that little website. Go to pmchurch.org, click on Adventist Giving, and you can give. And if you don't like to do the, t the electronic, it's right here in your, in your uh, pew rack, right in front of you, right now. Put your, mark your tithe here, mark an offering here, place it in the offering plate. Test me now. Test me now, God says. I want to pray with you. I want to ask that God will take this rather nuts and bolt moment 
and in the shadow of Calvary, he'll make it mean what each of our hearts needs. Dear, dear Father, how can you outgive the God of the universe who gave everything in the gift of our Lord Jesus? Calvary, you, you, you emptied, you emptied the bank of heaven at Calvary. The whole universe emptied to save us. Father, you could ask for it all back, and gladly you could have it back. I mean, we're breathing, we're living. But this idea of just a test, just that one penny out of ten, Dear Father, if there's a man here, if there's a woman here, if there's a young adult, a teenager, a child here who's saying, I want to test God, honor him, honor her faith. Take that one penny, return to you, and prove the promise true. Open the windows of heaven and pour yourself out on her heart, on his life, so that we will never be the same again. We give to you our tithes, our offerings now, surveys, our connect cards, Father, we give it all. Just you take it. Have at it. For Jesus' glory and honor, we pray in his name. Amen. I wanted to take an extra moment to let you know how grateful I am you joined us today. I hear from viewers and listeners like you all across this nation and literally around the world, and I'm thankful because it's through the generosity of the members of this congregation and people like you that we're able to bring you this program. So if what we share today has touched your heart, I'd like to invite you to become a financial partner with us. Just give us a call. Toll-free number 877, the two words, His Will. 877, His Will. Or if you'd rather, go to our website, www.pmchurch.tv. Either way, your generosity will bless a new generation in cyberspace all over this planet. So thank you. Thank you very much for your partnership.